Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, on the mic again, bringing on Chris Ferrara, up-and-coming musician in Nashville, Tennessee. I met him on one of my many trips to Nashville. I got to watch him and his band play at the 1230 Club. He is incredible. He's bringing back the soul of live music. I love watching his band and him perform, and we got to connect after one of his shows, and I was like, this guy needs to come on Write It Down. He's so genuine. He's a hustler, and he's really encouraging. And he has a lot of energy. So when you listen to his music or when you talk to him or listen to him on this interview, you're going to love him. He's super fun and super genuine. So I hope you enjoy it. But sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, with my next guest, Chris Ferrara. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Love I'm, to be here. I'm super excited just to kind of give the audience um, a little background of how we know each other. Everybody knows I've been going to Nashville too much, but it's fine. Um, I met Chris at the 1230 Club where he plays. Um, and my friend and I went out there. Our birthday dinner got canceled, so we went there instead. And then we met Chris and some of the people that he plays with. And Chris really stood out to me. He's got a great voice. He's got a grind about him, which I really appreciate. And we're always trying to show... Um, others how you can hustle and have a dream in this world so chris thank you so much for coming on here i'm excited to share your story absolutely happy to share it thanks for letting me be here absolutely okay so chris you have a background in music but you also have a background in sports has there ever been a time in your life where you haven't been in the spotlight because it seems like through your story that you've always been in the spotlight um that's a great sure well my mom (laughs) would appreciate this story so there was a uh I was I did musicals growing up um, and in middle school, I didn't get the lead role um, and my family. My mom was as a stage mom would be. She was pissed. Um, <laughs> and so for that show, I was not in the spotlight. And uh, actually, I guess I guess sophomore year of college, of so- sophomore year of high school, I was I got a, a bit part in a musical as well. And I almost quit the show to go and play football because I was like, man, like I was in the spotlight in the freshman year. I can't be, if I'm not in the spotlight now, like I'm taking steps backwards. I'm trying to move forward. And so my, but I credit my, my parents, they were like, you are not, you have made a commitment to this. You are not walking away from this. And in not walking away from it and in paying my dues the next year I had the lead. And then the, then the year my senior year, I had the lead as well. So it was, it was, Sometimes not being in the spotlight is a great lesson to learn. It really is. And I appreciate your parents for that because my parents were the same way with anything. If we started it, we had to finish it. Even if we had Mm -hmm. bad coaches, even if we had bad teammates. Um, And so I really appreciate that hustle. And you live in Nashville right now, uh, but there's been a series of events that brought you to Nashville to work on this music career. So what were some of the steps that you took? Because you're originally outside of Boston, which I can see with your hat. Does that mean you're a Patriots fan? Born and raised. I grew up 10 minutes from the stadium. That's so unfortunate. Everybody listening to this (laughs) podcast knows we're all Miami fans here. And it's a big bummer that we have a Pat on the show, but we'll keep him. He's a national favorite. Miami (laughs) has had the Patriots number for a very long time. Every time the Patriots go down to Miami, I always watch with bated breath Mm -hmm. because I know it's going to be a dog fight. Miami miracle right there. That thing gets me through all the time. But so, Chris, what was your journey to Nashville? Um, You have a beautiful voice, by the way. So we will definitely promote your music um, and uh, the links um, underneath of this show. But please tell us what brought you to Nashville and what started this hustle in music. 
Sure. Uh, so I was working in Boston. I had a, a couple of different jobs that I was doing and I lived, uh, I was living outside of the city, but I was going into the city and playing music for fun. It was kind of a hot, it was not a hobby, but it was, I was pursuing it, but I wasn't giving it my full focus. Mm-hmm. And then I had met a guy who was doing it full time. It was his only job. He was traveling up and down the East coast. He was playing music like crazy and we became friends and so I reached out to him and I said, I would love for you to, I was told, and this is actually funny. I was in a, I was in a meeting, an interview with a, with a headhunter for jobs. Mm-hmm. And they said, who's your mentor? And I said, I, I don't really have one. I don't have anybody that I really look up to because nobody does what I want to do. Uh-huh. And they said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to play music. And they were like, that's not a real job. You need to go and do something else. Yeah. And so maybe like two months later, I met this guy, Joe, and his name's Joe Bachman. And I asked him, I said, would you mentor me and like teach me how to do what you do? I, I, that's all I want to do. I think I'm good enough. I can play at bars. I can sing. I've been doing this a long time. Can you help me out? And he did kind of took me under his wing. And then about but in uh, July of 2012, I reached out to him because my band that I had was breaking up. And I said, all I want to do is play music. What can I do? And he said, well, your timing is impeccable. My rhythm guitar player just quit with no notice. How long will it take for you to learn all this music? And I said, to have it like memorized, I, maybe a few weeks. Can you give me like a month? Because it was like a 60 song yeah. song list because he was a cover artist, but he was going to be pursuing an original career. And so he said, I'm going to hire you. And you're going to have to move to Nashville because that's where we're going to be based out of. And I said, okay, cool. Whatever it's going to take. I've never been there before. So September 12th of 2012 was my first day as a full-time musician. Wow. And two weeks later, I was in Nashville for the first time. And then six months later after that, I moved here with a suitcase and guitar. And I have been here ever since. I've traveled all around the country. I've traveled internationally as well, playing music. Um, And about five years ago, Five or six years ago, I broke off from his band mm-hmm. and uh, and I started my own thing, which is what you've seen, which mm-hmm. is Chris Ferrar and the Common Good. And uh, that's been my vision for a very long time, uh, you know, even when I was back in Boston. So and now we're talking 10, 12, yeah. you know, getting up to 15 years. Um, and uh, so that's what brought me to Nashville. That's what that's what got me here. And I just kind of. I immersed myself in country music. I toured the Opry and I toured the Ryman and I met artists and I met other people in the industry. And I started to realize that I like, I wasn't really a big country music fan when I was growing up just because I found myself in hip hop and R and B and soul music. A lot of Mo, I grew up listening to a lot of Motown and Stax records. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I came to Nashville and I really got immersed into country music and learned the history of it and learned the traditions and learned what it was all about, I started to realize that my life growing up was not very different than a lot of these people who these songs are written about. And I just fell head over heels in love with it. And I started even going back deeper and deeper into the country music catalog and uh, listening to it with fresh ears. And, uh, and I fell in love with, with, I fell in love with, with the music that comes from here. I fell in love with the city and the people that are here. Mm -hmm. I still, of course, my roots are always back in Boston, but I have, I've been working very hard to make myself kind of a mainstay here in Nashville and just be part of the fabric that is Nashville and what is offered to the people who come here. Yeah. And for those of you guys listening, um, people also were like, why are you going to Nashville all the time? You don't even like country music. And it's funny because it's not just country music out there. And especially with your band, like you guys do such a good job bringing in some mainstream elements into your music. And I appreciate that because I think the biggest thing right now is there are a lot of people 
hustling. Nashville has a different vibe about it than New York City or L.A. Um, it's just kind of got more of that, those southern roots, like you were saying. And so what I also wanted to tap into with what you just said is you were talking about vision, that you've had this vision of Chris Farrar and the Common Good probably like 12 years. You maybe didn't know what it would look like, but there was like sure. a baseline br- blueprint of what you wanted this to look like. And it, it's the same, like um, just bridging the gap here of like with my podcast, like wanting to have a TV show one day and different things like that. And so were there little moments along the way? We'll talk about the doors that open, but were there moments along the way that you felt like people were just patting you on the head? Like, that's cute. Besides that first initial one of like, you need to get a a big boy job. You need to get a real job. And you're like, no, screw that. (laughs) This is what I want to do. And now you're making a living off of it. Uh, well, so um, I have a seven piece band. So I have, I have two horns in my band, as you've seen, but for your listeners, I have a mm-hmm. two, uh, there's a trombone and a saxophone player. I would love to have a trumpet player as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally I would love to have what Justin Timberlake goes out on the road with, but right now right? I don't really have Who a budget. For yeah. that. Um, <laughs> But it, but but yeah. I've always had the vision. I've always had the vision of this. Of if you're gonna hear the music, then you're mm-hmm. gonna see it being performed on stage. I never really wanted to play the tracks. I'm off. I'm a. I'm a purist in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the beginning, when I first started out, I was told, even by my manager, who was actually the guy Joe, who was who was uh, I had played for. He decided he, he had retired from music and he was gonna manage me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he told me, he was like, he goes, there's no way you're going to get booked. Like, it's just, no one's going to book a seven piece band. No one's going to do it. Like you need to have like a three or four piece band, have tracks, like just do that. That's how you're going to get your foot in the door. And I said flat out, I was like, that's not, that's not what I want. That's not who, that's not who I'm trying to be on stage. And as an artist, I'm not, I'm just, I don't want to be that. And, uh, I said, I'm, I want to do it my way. I want to do And he said, okay, but like, I'm just telling you, it's going to be hard. And here we are five, six years down the road of me slugging it out. And I had said, I go, listen, if I have to invest in myself and into my band, then I will. If I have to take the hits early, I just, I believe in the product so much that I believe the end goal is going to be, I want it to be what I want. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and sure enough, here we are five, six years down the line. We've played a bunch of, we've been booked at a bunch of honky tonks. We've created a pretty solid name uh, for myself and for, for the, what I'm bringing to the table for my band, Chris Farrar and the common good is, is, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it started to become a highly sought after entity to book because of what we bring to the table. And I right. credit my guys to that. I have a very I'm surrounded by very talented people mm-hmm. uh, who bring a lot to the table on and off the stage mm-hmm. uh, that I'm just very lucky that the entertainment value of what we're doing yeah. is very strong. Yeah. And. But I was told early on, I was told early on, this is not going to work. You're like, if the budget's going to be too high, there's no way you're going to be able to go on the road. No one's going to want to book you to op- be an opener or do anything like that because it's going to cost too much. And I just believed wholeheartedly. I said, if you if you let me do it my way, I promise you it's going to work. It's going to work. Yep. And, and, and now here working. we are down the road. Yeah, and it's, and it's the same thing. Like, I don't know if you watch Shark Tank, but um, with the guy that um, made the ring right now, everybody has a ring on their house, but he got denied on Shark Tank and now he's an investor on there. And life sometimes comes full circle. It's like they all yep. said no. They were all like, no, it's not going to work. And then he busted out in the market and now he's being invited to be. Uh, one of the sharks. And so I think that there's a lot of success stories like that, no matter what industry you're in. Uh, where did you get the name Common Good from? Uh, the Common Good came from, I had a band back in Boston that mm-hmm. was called The Common Good that I started with. Um, and that's that was my first gig ever being the front man of a band was actually with the band called The Common Good. Okay. And we were kind of like a 
I don't want to call it like an all-star group, but it was just kind of like a super group of people who played in different bands and everybody wanted to come together and like, let's start a, Let's start a cool hip hop, top 40 fun cover band that plays around Boston, plays around Rhode Island. Um, and the band was called the common good. And we, we, we did a few, we did some things for a few years and, um, and then some things had happened and we decided to kind of, okay, let's take a step back from it. And then of course I moved to Nashville. So that all kind of fell through. Mm -hmm. And so I called my guy and I uh, my guy who I, who had started the band and had brought me on as the singer. And I said, Hey, would it be cool with you if I use the common good again, because I really like it and it flows well, Chris Ferrara and the common good it's a it yeah. flows really well yeah. um but more than all that um i have a nonprofit that is i've started that it's it's i'm not official yet and mm -hmm. it's i mean the you know, we're doing yeah. all the steps to it's get a long through. process yeah um, it's a, there's a lot it's a process mm -hmm. but it's um the whole thing is called for the common good and so i believe that if you live for the betterment of the people around you and you treat people with kindness and you don't live a a, a life of just you know, for yourself, Selfish. you're living for other people mm -hmm. and you're doing things for the common good. The world becomes a better place. You become a better person. Mm -hmm. And so it all kind of feeds itself in that. And that's, and that's just who I am. That's just, that's the kind of energy and the kind of personality that I bring to the table when I'm in places is I want everybody to feel good. I want everybody to be happy. There's, it's very easy to look at negatives and, and forget about the positives. And I just try to channel all that into that. And I try to do, I do a lot of charity events. I do I donate a lot of my time and money to charity. Mm -hmm. um, I just think if you're living for the common good, it's a better thing. And so yep. if you come to the show, you are part of the common good because we're all there to have a good time. So that's yeah. where the name came from. Wait, I really like that because we aren't we living in a society that's very self-centered. I mean, we've always been living in that, sure. but it seems to be even more and more self-centered. And so sure. when you do focus on other people and you're not so inward focused, you tend to be happier, less depressed. You mm. um, have better um, empathy for others. It's almost like you can look at the world through a different lens. And so I really think that you embody that um, with your music. I think you embody that with your show, your presence of who you are, um, even just taking the time after your show um, to speak with me about things. And so it's been it's been really cool to, to be like a little small part of watching this um, for you. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says Learn More. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network, so show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. Let's talk a little support system. You're married. Yeah. Uh, you have to obviously have somebody in your corner that's like, willing to go through this with you because this is your vision and your dream not only with your wife but your small circle the older you get the more you realize you have to kind of keep it a little closer and those people that are speaking into that ear because it starts to infiltrate every single thing in every decision you make whether you're signing a record deal or whether you're going to church or whether you're going to lunch like those people impact your decisions so who are some of those people in your corner and what are some of the things they've said to you along the way that have just kind of kept you in this niche uh, that's a great question. I'll start with my wife just because you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, my wife and I have been together for a long time. Um, I moved here, basically told her like, Hey, what we've got is great, but I'm moving to Nashville. 
because I need to pursue this. I need right. to go and do this. And you know that. And she said, okay. She was like, if, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And she's always been in my corner supporting me. She comes to all, she doesn't come to any of my, like my cover shows, but she yeah. says, if you're playing an original show, like the songs with your music, I'm not missing a single one of those. And Aww. she doesn't, she, yeah. she makes the time to make sure that she's there. Um, she's a big reason that I'm still doing this. Um, mm-hmm. That when, when COVID hit and everything shut down, I had a, like a, I don't want to call it an identity crisis, but all of a sudden the last 10 years of my life were yeah. put into question. It was yep. like, where, where are you going to go now? And my wife, she flat out, she was like, I didn't move out here for you to quit. And I think you're super close to the things that, to the dreams that you have and the things that you're trying to accomplish. And when it's time to go, you, we'll know, we'll know it's time to go, but it's not time yet. And I don't want, and I don't want you to leave. Um, but she moved out here for me. She moved out here, you know, not for me, but you right. know, of course, but yeah. she, moved out. I was here. I told her, this is where my career is going to be. If we're going to work, you got to come here. And she did. And she's been able to establish a life of her own out here, which has been wonderful to watch. Um, but, it, but having her in my corner staying, you know, keep on this, don't give up, keeping me positive, keeping me motivated is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my parents in my corner, which is, which is so important because I feel like there's so many people who don't have that. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I moved, when I told them I was moving to Nashville, they very easily could have been like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go and you're, you're, you're gone. But they have said, the biggest thing is they, they've always said, you can always come home. If, yep. if it doesn't work, you can come home. The you, door, home. you have a, you have a key, you have a key to the back door. You know how to get to the house. You can always come home. Um, and just having them, you know, checking in. My dad is a, like, he'll call me the morning after a show. How did it go? How were you received? Was the crowd good? How did the band play? Like all these things. And my dad yeah. was my coach growing up in baseball and stuff. So he's got that mentality, but he's, he's a super, he's a big cheerleader for me. Um, my brother is always checking in. Um, one of my best friends, well, not one of my best friend in the whole world is a guy that I had a band with back in Boston. Mm-hmm. And he checks in all the time. And he's always like, whenever I have good or bad to share, with him he's always there to say okay this is not the end of the world you can move on to the next thing or if there's something to celebrate he's the first one yep i'm jumping on a plane and i'm Mm -hmm. coming out to celebrate with you kind of a thing yeah and it's it's and what is also cool is the with the length of time that i've been pursuing this and going on Mm -hmm. they it's you know obviously gaining new fans as you're growing but to see the people who have been there from the beginning beginning, and they'll occasionally they'll share a picture on instagram or they'll share something that's like hey remember when throwback thursday is 10 years ago at this club that like they were there at and now they're still here so it's every day every day there are people in my corner that are that are always pushing me and of course i would be remiss if i didn't say my manager like my manager is is every day on the phone okay, here's what we got to do. Yeah. And she's channeling all that energy. And so it's just, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. very lucky to have a support group and a team behind me. That yeah. is, that absolutely. Is and mm-hmm. I feel like that fuels you to be for others. When other people are for you, you can be for others. It's like that tank that's always being filled. And mm-hmm. there have been times in my life where I'm like, I'm done. Like it's, it's gone. I was even telling, uh, selling Christopher right before this interview, like I had this dream that like my podcast was just done. And I was like, well, <laughs> all right, that sounds, I mean, it was a nightmare. It wasn't a dream, but it's just, <laughs> it's funny though, because I know there are way too many people in my life that would let me even think of doing that. Because you can get in this moment, COVID could hit, you could go through some weird wave of depression, you know, something personal could happen in your life that you're like, what's the purpose anymore? Like the energy and the excitement and the the endorphins and the high, they come down like real life happens. And it's those other people that are in your corner that are going, remember why you started this. Keep going. And 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and they almost uplift the dream while you just need to put your hands down for a second. And, um, I just, it's okay. It's It's, it's, it rest and it's good mm -hmm. for you and taking a step back and breathing. Yep. Cause it is, there's so many things that are so heavy, like being able to take a step back and have them rejuvenate you is important. Like a spa. You cannot, you cannot (laughs) pour from an empty cup. No, you can't. So, um, and those listening as well, they know, I mean, I'm a Christian and there's this story in the Bible that I think about sometimes. Um, and I might've shared it before, but it's an old Testament, old history story of Moses. He has to hold his hands up to win the battle and he gets so tired. So his friends come alongside of him and hold his hands for him. He can't hold it anymore. Physically, he cannot hold his arms up anymore. And his friends come alongside because they didn't want his arms to crash and burn. And I think about that, like, that's my life. That's your life. That's people's lives that are leaving the nine to five to go start their own business because they had a business idea. It's, you know, the guy that's spending all of his money that he did, uh, earned bussing tables, creating a new invention. It's those kids that are staying in school when COVID's hard, you know, and those are the moments that are going to make the big moments. Like, are you kidding me? Like I get to do this. Um, and I think that's just so incredible. What is it like when, um, you're off the stage. Like I heard Post Malone once say that when he gets off the stage, he crashes like this endorphin, like just the endorphin high just comes down. Do you have that come down? And what is like, what is it like decompressing after a show for you? Um, I think it certainly depends on the show. I mean, there are, there are shows where, uh, you know, that shows that don't go as well as you hoped, whether the energy is different in the room or sometimes there's been mistakes that have happened. And so you're like, you're on the back end of it, you're processing that. And you're like, man, like that could have been, but that, that man, I wish I could have been better or whatever. But then, but then you get the reaction from the crowd. Like that was amazing. We had so much fun. And like, that's what matters the most. I tell my guys all the time, like if you mess up on stage, just, Forget about it yep. and move past it and get to the next one because you, because the whole it's think of it as a whole entity of it and all is going to succeed and people are not going to harp on that one thing they're going to love it yeah um so there's those types of moments but then there's also the moments where you come off like you know post Malone said like you come mm-hmm. off your endorphins are rushing like yeah. you are just you just crushed the night and it's just was the greatest thing in the world um I don't think I have these like adrenaline crashes uh-huh. I think I have like. I come off stage feeling that energy and then I like, and I continue to give it to people. Like I mm-hmm. love to have like a meet and greet after a show. Yeah. Cause I'm already like, Let's go. Like, yeah. like, I would rather, I would rather go <laughs> yeah. to the gym after a show yep. because like it's 1230, one o'clock in the morning. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, I gotta, yeah. like, I gotta get this energy out. And it's, um, but like a lot of times, like for me, like it's when I come home, right. When I yeah. come home after a show, when I drive home, if I'm playing in the city, I don't turn any music on. I drive, especially if it's nice, the windows are down. Yeah. I'm just quiet on the way home. Right. I come home, I make myself a cup of tea and I just like decompress for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I'll either, like, I'll either write in a journal mm-hmm. or I will like, I'll just maybe listen to some other, some like softer music to try to bring my energy level down. Cause I am uh, coming off of stage. I am going. Yeah. And these are even after three hour shows. Like after performing for three hours, I'm still like, yeah, like, like a wired, energized out, like, bunny. Be, I'm a man, I try to be a man of the people, and I'm trying yeah. to like give. I <laughs> still have mayor. more, yes. and now it's like they just plugged me in, and I got supercharged with the with the with the energy that I have to give to people. Yeah, and I want to give it some more, and so that's for me to come down. I don't really get like crashes, and I and I might if I was doing the types of shows and 
I would love to eventually do the type of shows that Post Malone is doing with these yeah. sold out arena shows yeah. and all that. Like, of course, that's a different type of thing. Um, but it is like I just I'm I am energetic. I am a people person. I want to give all that energy to people. Right. And so that crash, if there was one, it wouldn't come until like hours after the show. Right. And I finally am like. Okay. Uh, I can, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe like the I'm next all day, done. Yeah, morning yeah. after. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to live in that like that little window. My window is it's like is it's, a lot. It's big. It's like a French door. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Chris has a French door of energy. I've got a French door of, of, of energy to give to people. That's right. <laughs> we just coined that. You're welcome. Um, that's it. But what is a band that you would really like to, or which band would you really like to open for? Ooh, great question. Um, I think I would really like to open for Zach Brown band. I okay. think I think I would like to play for people who are not just there to like be wowed by the show and the lights and all the things or people who are not just there to get. I want drunk. I, I want people yeah. to be there who are going to appreciate the musicality yeah. and the things that we're doing on stage. Yeah. Um, a band like Zach Brown, a band like Dave Matthews band, who yeah. I've been a fan of for mm-hmm. a long time. Um I've been able to go out and open for a bunch of different artists. Uh, Sister Hazel was a big one that I got to go out with. I love those guys. Um, So that was fun. Um, But also like, also like somebody like Thomas Rhett, like I would love to go out and do something with him because I think it would be very similar mindsets as far as the type of show, the type of energy, the type of music. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think, and God, like Bruno Mars, like that would be, that would be really cool Mm -hmm. as well. I don't know if they would put two bands that are like, that that play and enter like this it's right. a similar show yeah um but it is but it's those types of things it's those it's 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 the shows that are energetic the shows that have musicality to it mm-hmm. the songs are really good and then of course like the lights and pyro right. and all the things right. that come along with it um and i've also started to really get into uh, get involved and and start to connect with jason aldean's camp a lot of the people in that camp yep. mm-hmm. and when you really start to meet the people in those worlds and the camps that are associated with them that's also a draw yeah, for you to I'm sure. be involved with it. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, that's a, that's a family and it's like, they treat people right there. So like, right. that's the kind of world you want to be in. So right. those would be a part of my, my top group right there. Okay. Yeah. And, and you think about it too, is like that family that you're, you're talking about with the, with the people they're surrounded with. It's how you, you know this with bookings, but even with booking, I guess it's like how they treat you off camera or off stage like matters because it sets the tone for how you behave with another person and then other people can see it. And so it's like this thing where you're like, all right, if you're, you can almost feel that energy like you're saying. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so not like you don't want to be like up there with like Cardi B and Future and all them. It's not your. That's not your. I mean, I'm I'm down to I'm down to <laughs> Me do and collaborate with anybody. Yeah, like yeah. As, as long as, I feel as, that. as long as as long as they're good people. Like yeah. I I try to like <laughs> I know you're you're talking saying. about your circle and like yep. keeping that circle. T- like I want my circle to be filled with good people. I want yep. my circle to be filled with positive people and people who are you know who are motivating me to be a better person. Yeah. And you know, so whoever it is, yeah. as long as they're as long as they're like, I'd love to collaborate and do stuff with Snoop. Like I don't well, know if Snoop, yeah. Snoop Dogg or Dr. Dre or well, those guys. Well, I was thinking like Dr. Dre that, for you guys. Yeah. I was like, man, the guy that plays your keys. Like I EJ. feel, yeah, EJ, like if you guys were with Dr. Dre, like, can you, I'm, I'm here for it. Let me know when that happens. Yeah. Cause I'll be front row. Sure. Yeah. Heck the collaboration yeah. is there. We can yep. speak it out into the world now, Let's go. but it's, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're, if that's the right opening slot for yeah. me, Yeah. Um, but it's, but you know, more so like, <laughs> the big, big but who cares? Yeah. But who you know what? 
We're here for it. Music is, music is transcendent. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's fine. I love it. Well, I do think that you're bringing people back to the roots of live music. Uh, my dad's a huge fan of live music. I'll come in the house and he's like blasting Pearl Jam like live. It's never studio. He doesn't like it. So it's like just blaring. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're doing this. He's like, just live music is so good. And I feel like you guys do such a good job of bringing people back to the roots of live music. Before we end our show with our write it down, I like to ask um, our guests a couple rapid fire questions. Um, So Cherry. For the listeners, I have not heard these questions before. Yes, he has not. And they're, they're, they're safe. So no stress. Uh, cherry, okay. cherry or grape flavored anything? Grape always. Really? You don't think it tastes yeah. like medicine? So okay. <laughs> My favorite. Every time I do these rapid fires, I'm looking at Marshall. Every time I do these rapid fires, people will answer, and I'm like, "Really? That's your answer?" And it's like, Brooke, you asked them. Like, this is for them, right. not you. But I like here. I'm like. Really? Yeah, I didn't come on here to be judged <laughs> for my responses. Like, what this is my favorite part. I'd be like, really? That's that's your answer? Okay. Frankie yeah, Valley or that. Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. Uh, no question. No question. Okay. No question. Major, major idol with okay. Frank Sinatra. I'm here for it. Favorite genre of music? Mine? Mm-hmm. That's hard, but it's real, and I'll judge you for can it. I say, can I say, like, Late, like 1998 to 2005, pop, hip hop, R&B. Can I do that? Yeah. Can I say that window? Because that's like. That's your. That's the nut, man. That's like you. That's, that's you right there. That's 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 what I listen to. That's <laughs> that's what shaped a lot of what I do. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that that window of that window of music. OK, right OK. Um, what would be the top venue you want to perform at? Uh, I mean, it would be, is it cliche to say Red Rocks or like Madison Ooh, Square Garden? Be like, awesome. I mean, yeah, be, yeah. Uh, Fenway Park. Yeah, like it's gonna happen. Any of that. Like, if these yeah. things happen, just remember me so that I can come. Sure. Um, sure. Last one: Does cilantro taste like soap to you? Does it taste like? I don't. I don't think I eat enough of it to give a proper <laughs> response. To that. I actually, I think I avoid it. I think I avoid it only because my wife doesn't like it. <laughs> okay. And so like, we don't, I don't ever have it. So when I have had it, no soap. I don't think it tastes like soap. soap. That's a Unless you like, unless you're like <laughs> eating a handful yeah. of cilantro, but nobody's doing that. But people struggle with that. The whole cilantro soap thing. That's like a real struggle people well, have. And if you're chocolate. listening and that's one of your struggles, we're sorry. Chocolate and vanilla. Chocolate and vanilla. You don't have to like it. No. Just, Unless you come on the show and then you say you don't like it and then Brooke <laughs> judge you for it. Like, really? I'll you be don't like, like chocolate, vanilla, no. chocolate, really? really? Not vanilla? Really? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wrong answer. No, yeah. I love it. I love having a toot. I'm full of sass. <laughs> it's awesome. But anyways, <laughs> we are at the point of the show where we share with our audience a write it down. So Chris Ferraro, what is your write it down? My write it down. Can I give two? Please. I can give two? Yeah. Awesome. No um, judgment. All right, no judging until I'm done speaking. And then you're <laughs> when I hit done uh, record, I'm be like, really? Those were your write it downs. Right? right? Yeah, I'll get a text. That was terrible. I can't that believe sucks. you said. It. Okay, anyway, I digress. Okay. Um, the first one I'll say is growth begins at the end of your comfort zone. Ooh. Uh, so you know, roots, there's nothing wrong with routines. Routines are great, especially getting up in the morning, take a mm-hmm. shower, work mm-hmm. out, have your breakfast, all these things, like whatever it is. Routines are great, but if you're stuck in a rut. Or, you, you know, yeah. break outside of your comfort zone, do something different. And that's how that's where growth will start to happen. And then the mm-hmm. other one is uh, if you continue to look for negative, you will find it. 
if you continue to look for positive, you will find it. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a great, I think that's a very important way to live. I think taking a step back and looking at the grand scheme of life and looking at the things you've accomplished, the things that you do have versus the things that you don't have. um, It's a, it's a, it's a much better way to live living in positivity and in living in gratitude mm-hmm. than it is to harp on the things that are, are not going so great. Absolutely. You do um, find what you seek. So mm-hmm. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on write it down. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the write it down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to write it down, please subscribe, share with your friends. And if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review for more content. Follow the fun on Instagram by following at W I D P O D that spells wid pod. Super cool stands for write it down podcast but it's abbreviated to wood pod anyways thanks for listening and we will catch you later